welcome to the Strange Tribe Live. My name is Anthony Krizowitz. This is a special evening. We have, let's see how it can roll us down because this is pretty exciting because I feel like this guy has done a lot that I've always wanted to do. Friend <laughs> of the Patriots, friend of and worked with Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Steven Tyler. He has become well known in the art community among us in the Pearl Jam fan world uh, for his print he did in 2016, which we're going to get into detail tonight of when he made that portrait of Eddie Vedder in the style of Kevin Euclid. Tonight, it is my honor to have an evening with Mr. Brian Fox. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me. What, a, what an introduction. I need to take you around the, wherever I go. You, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny you said that because I, um, I also do a wrestling show uh, besides <laughs> this one. I, yeah, I, listen, one of my things I don't tell a lot of people about is I'm really into professional wrestling. And uh, we're ha I'm working on pulling, uh, interviewing this local professional wrestler. He's like, dude, he goes, it'd be really cool if you be my hype, man. Like, I really feel, I feel like you could be like the guy in the ring. I'm like, you know, I, I do too much as it is, it is. I can't, I can't put anything else in this resume. I'm sure your wife would love it. No, <laughs> no, no. She, <laughs> listen, I, I take enough time away from it as it is. Brian, listen, first of all, it's really interesting because I've known about you for many years. Um, when I remember in 2016 um, and, and pictures getting circulated of this print and a lot of people were talking about, was it official? Was it not official? What is this print about? Um, and listen, if you know anything about the Pearl Jam community, we are crazy. Like we, we are nuts about our Pearl Jam merchandise. So when we saw this thing that was beautiful and, and something different that we hadn't seen in um, and the Pearl Jam community before, it shed a light on you. Um, and, I remember for the longest time chasing, like what, how the hell do I get one of these prints? Um, still chasing, but it's amazing. So before we get into that, I wanna learn a little bit about you. Um, your art is very, very beautiful, uh, very eccentric. And I say that because it's very lifelike in a way that um, it's believable. It, it's just, it's very stunning on the eyes. Where in your life did you make the decision that art was the way to go? Ah, uh, that's a good question. And I go all the way back to when I was a little kid where most people who are in the art world or become artists, they always say this very similar story where, you know, I always liked to do it as a kid or something I was good at as a kid. And, and you couple that with, you know, you're always encouraged by your parents or, you know, whoever's around you you know, growing up and, you know, little kids like to do what, you know, their parents encourage them to do. My parents always encouraged me to do it. So, and, and, and you know, fast forward to around high school and you're going into college and my parents are like, well, you got to go to school for art because that's pretty much the kind of path you're going down. And um, luckily they did do that and kind of pushed me in that direction as far as, uh, and I was the first person to go to college in my family. So wow. college was a new thing for us. We couldn't afford it before. So, um, and that, that, that's kind of how I got going in it. I was always, I was like, I like sports and I like drawing and I liked, I was always outside playing ball, doing something. And, um, and, and that's kind of, I, I was definitely not good enough to play sports and, and as a career, I was not smart in school. I was awful in school. And, um, I think it's all I had really. So it's, uh, <laughs> I didn't have much of a choice. I see some people have five different talents they can go down and, 
I go, well, I wonder what that would be like. Well, there's a lot of people that might have five talents and they might be good at those talents, but there's not anybody that I can say or that I know of personally that can say that they have one. Well, I lie because I'd have, I've interviewed a lot of guests that are really good at one thing, but you in general are amazing at this ability to turn what's in your head into these canvases in, to come to life. Um, your imagery of Tom Brady, which I'm going to talk about Tom Brady a lot tonight, um, <laughs> even though he's broken my heart into greater pastures, uh, supposedly, and oh, Jesus, it hurts. It really does hurt. Um, and I pray that you never paint him in a Buccaneers uh, jersey. But what? what uh, I, I digress. Um, I just can't wait to see him keep playing. It's, it's just great. I just want to see him play. I Well... I'm a fan of him, you know, and, and I, I, you know, it's hard not to, you know, listen, it's hard not to be not a fan of him. I mean, in the greatness yeah. that he's, and he is, but this isn't a show about Tom Brady. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I see the Boston, the Fenway sign behind you, the scoreboard. And, you know, oh, dude. Sports. Uh, yeah. Well, it's crazy because when we first got to know each other a little bit, we were chit-chatting on the phone and we're going yep. back and forth. Um, and it was funny because. You reminded me a lot of when I lived in Boston, um, you reminded me a lot of the people that I got to meet up there and be friendly with. And it gave me the sense of like comfort of, of reminding me what it was like to live in the New England area. Um, and, you know, being in Virginia, there's not many people that really, you know, give a, you know, care about the Patriots and the Red Sox and whatnot. So it was really it was really easy to talk to you about that stuff. Um, and it makes me miss living there. Um, it is. It is what it is. But yeah, no that that uh, that picture. That's why it's the centerpiece. I mean, you know, adding Pearl Jam on the Green Monster, me being able to go in the Green Monster. I mean, there's been four times in my life that I cried to the point where I couldn't stop. And I mean, I cry a lot. Listen, I cry. I watched a movie last night. Cried. I mean, I'm I'm terrible. America's Got Talent. I'm crying. Everything. You know, I'm, I'm just. But dude, my kids being born, getting married, and then be going in the Green Monster. I, I I swear to you, I thought the security guy thought, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Because just bawling like the biggest, like just like, oh my god, what am I doing here? Uh, he um, let you stay longer because he felt bad for you, dude. I, I, I'll never. I was in the Green Monster for a little over forty-five minutes. Come on, yeah. Wrote was, my name in there. No, they, so they let me in. I got to write my name. I got to look at all these other things. I got to hold uh, Ted Williams number nine that they used wow. on the board, which was like, I mean, you know, my son's middle name is Williams, so I shook like a leaf. And then, but to see, have the ability to have Pearl Jam and the Red Sox, which are my two biggest passions in this world, be together to basically, you know, to accumulate this picture right here. I mean, I, listen, I mean, I, I couldn't get home soon enough to print this off on a huge ass canvas and centerpiece it in my studio. I was like, this, is, this is it. I love it. It's fantastic. So back to you. We get so you're in you're in high school. You're drawing and you go to college. First first person in your family to go to college, which is a big deal. Yep. Um, where did you end up going to college? Uh, UMass Dartmouth. UMass. Ah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. So UMass Dartmouth. Now, did you go in for an art degree? Yep. Okay. Yep. And it was illu illustration. So it's it was uh, very much the commercial side of uh, the degree. So you can come out and apply it, and hopefully, in theory, make a living at it where when you go into painting or the fine arts, even though I got a degree in the fine arts, it, it seemed very limited where you had to, you know, go the gallery route where you had to deal with the gallery, per, you know, to represent you. It, it seemed very limiting to what you were able to do. Yeah, it is always interesting. And I don't ever discourage people from um, going to college, but don't you, it's, isn't it tough when you go to college and it's like, 
when you take this degree, it's very limited what you can do with it. It's like, well, then why the hell am I spending $40,000 a year to do this degree when my options are limited? It's, uh, it's listen, I would tell people now, I've had, uh, again, some of the um, some of the athletes will come by and say, hey, my daughter's going to, wants to go to school for art. Um, can, can we come talk to you at the studio? Can you just talk to her? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you, but I don't know if she's going to like what I have to say because... <laughs> The amount of money you're 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 putting into an art school, and art school is good, and colleges are great. But the amount of money they're asking you to pay to get the lowest paying job in the world, you got you got to wonder about the trade off. Where if you took that money and you went and studied with certain artists who started their own schools and they're phenomenally talented, for a fraction of the cost, you could learn probably a lot more. Uh, depending on what you're going into, we're talking about, sure. you know, the traditional tr drawing and painting as opposed to computers and, and, and the graphic side. I think college is necessary, but um, I, I have wavering opinions on that. I go back and forth. I get frustrated about hearing how much people are charging for this. And then they don't even prepare you to uh, once you're done. They don't they give you a degree, which is nobody. Nobody ever asked to see my degree. They just want to see a portfolio. And then they don't give you a business sense as an artist to to survive on this skill they supposedly taught you so it's it can be frustrating so in college mm -hmm. was that when you when your true sense of your skill came out like when you were able to start fine-tuning what is a brian fox piece or was it later after college when your skill set started coming out I think I'm still doing that now. It, it's, really? It's, oh my gosh. It's such a torturous process where um, I hate everything I do. Like there's this process you start and you go, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to do this drawing or painting. And then you used to get into it. You go, oh, it sucks. So and I'm, you're always constantly evolving as, as an artist. And you look at all these other talented people out there and you just go, man, I suck. And I just got to get better. And so it's, it's not like I show up to work every day and just go, yay, I'm in a great mood. And this is fun. I'm coloring all day. It's, it's, it's a process. Um, I, I think only now I'm starting to learn to use an analogy, how to walk, hmm. you know, I was crawling this all these years and, and styles would change and, and I'm just starting to get into a rhythm of, of what I'm doing. You know, I, I really don't know what my style is or, you know, um, it's it it's a bit of a uh, an unknown, you know. I'm, and I'm not comfortable. Like I don't like I've I've blowtorched paintings that I've worked on for a mm. year because I've hated them so much. So, wow. um, yeah, it, it's uh, it can be frustrating. When you look at your art, and I know that listen, I mean, with your clientele, which we'll talk about later, you have this. You have a strong following. You have this. You this ability to make prints, and people love them, and they do, and they want to buy them. Do you believe that you might be your biggest critic when it comes to looking at your artwork and making sure that it is meeting a standard that you're setting for yourself? Yeah, I think it's funny because I have a manager now and and he's I'll show him a painting and he'll he'll look at it and go, Oh, it looks great. And then I'll just go, that nah, sucks. And I'll and I'll change the whole thing and, and it drives him insane. He's like, What are you doing? It was fine. I'm like, no, oh, it's awful, it's terrible. Look at this, and it could have been better. And and then I have other artists that come in and I go, Wow, oh, what's wrong with this? Something's off, and 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 they'll they'll fine-tune it or they'll make suggestions that'll be super helpful and uh, there's always something else to learn and there's always something to learn from somebody and and there's mm -hmm. so much so many talented people out there you're constantly reevaluating your my work I do anyway I reevaluate it all the time to go oh, how can I make it better this time or next time or how if I did it again what would I do differently and 
so that's it's kind of this bizarre mindset you get into as you just keep coming up with different ideas but um i, I would say i'm definitely a, 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 a big critic of my work i i get frustrated i think that's what drives me to do better i because I, I, I feel like i still got a long way to go well i mean it's good that you're saying that because i feel like people that get too comfortable in their craft and they're too comfortable in what they're doing and they're just throwing out very much a similar stuff over and over again which is great some people if that's if you if you're happy and you're making money and you're doing what you love but I, I, for me as a collector, I like seeing people change and they're and they're evolving and doing things differently, which is very similar when we when I think of like Pearl Jam, for instance, and their latest yep. album, for their ability to make changes in themselves and to put out a different product and a different album. In retrospect, of looking at if they just put out the same thing over and over again, it kind of gets boring. And as a fan of either a band or an artist or a musician or anybody in general, it's always fun to go on that journey with that person as they evolve and they change and they just open up their catalog to different things. I think that's why a lot of people buy into um, an artist like yourself where they can say, well, do, well, because like, for instance, you've done a lot of Tom Brady prints. Well, look at this print compared to this print as he's progressed in his his ability and what he's able to do. Look at the look at these things, and the first one's just as beautiful as the last one. But look at how they've evolved. Um, I think that's amazing as an artist and as a person that you're able to see that and to move forward from things like that. Yeah, it's it, and that's a great analogy that you use with Pearl Jam or even the athletes. If you look at the athletes or the professional athletes or anybody who's constantly trying to get better, and you use Tom Brady, and I know we were joking around, and he's a you're a big fan of his, but take Derek Derek Jeter in, in baseball or any of these guys with Big Poppy, and they're constantly wanting to get better, and they're mm -hmm. constantly trying to refine their skill, and they're constantly working on it behind the scenes to get better. So when they get out on the field or they're up on stage, they're, they're evolving and they're getting better and better. And, and that's like this bittersweet thing. As an artist, you're driven to do that. And that's, that's an athlete, that's a, a musician, that's an actor, that's a writer. But at the same time, you know, even when you get to that point, you're going, oh, there's another plateau I gotta get to. There's another, there's, you're, it's never ending. It's, yeah. You know, so it, it's good that you're reaching these plateaus, but it's also, you go, I got 20 more to go. And, and then when you get to up there, you go, I got 20 more to go. So it's interesting and it's there's a lot of parallels between all the different art fields sure i i think that's pretty amazing that you can you know see that i mean because like i said i mean i think like i give this example and i've talked about this in the past with people if you look like um like an actor that i really like vince vaughn vince mm -hmm. vaughn is going to give guy. you vince yep. vaughn and in every movie that that's the how he acts is how he's going to be in every movie that's kind of what you get nothing wrong with it that's just what you're buying into but then you look at someone like a sean penn who can change his style and do things and adjust to different things two different things i love both but i typically will probably see a sean penn movie over a vince vaughn movie because of the ability of progression and change um and that, and that's kind of like i mean there's artists in this game i i, I mean brad clausen is a prime example if you look at brad clausen's work from his early days to what he's doing now and look at the progression of how he's consistently adapted and changed and used the ability of of what's going on now and how and lighting and color from what he did before it's amazing and beautiful in its own sense and it's great that someone can recognize that right you know and as they're of aging and evolving oh yeah and and some of these guys that you mentioned uh, the artists, I recently started going back and looking. I mean, these guys are super talented. I'm looking at these guys going, oh, my God, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. So <laughs> I, 
I look at what they can pull off and do, and I'm just going, I don't even think that way. How the hell did these guys pull this stuff off? And then I haven't even gotten into like looking at their early stuff versus their later stuff yet. But I mean, it's kind of like when you find something new, whether it be music and you just find this art, you discover this artist and you, you get into their catalog of music and you're going, I just found out about social distortion and you're going, yeah. they've been around for, I don't know how many, 25 years. Yeah, but they're great. And you then you start to go through their catalog. And the same thing with, with these other artists that are in the Pearl Jam geek poster world, you know, like Tyler Stout. And I've saw looking at all his stuff and you go on his website and you're going, man, look at the amount of the body of work this guy's created. It's prolific. It's it just amazing. How, and I don't think that way. So I can have a, an appreciation for these guys and what they do because I can't do it. Well, I think the best thing, and this is something I learned recently, is that because and, and it's a fail, it's a fault of my own that I, for many years I did is that I would look at other people, prime example, like that were doing shows like this or other things, and and I would look at their stuff and be like, ah, oh, I wish I could do that, or I wish I could do this, and, yep. and then it got to the point where it's like, I have to look at what I can do. And evolve from that, right? Like Tyler Stout, he's a line artist. Like he does fine details, he's intricate mm -hmm. and stuff. But I almost guarantee you, Tyler Stout will probably look at your paintings and be like, damn, I wish I could paint like him. You know, I mean, because, dude, listen, well, if when you. That would be a big compliment, yeah. Well, dude, I mean, uh, if you look behind you right now, you have, a, you have a painting of Tom Brady, which you can see right over your shoulder, and Rob Gronkowski and Eddie Vedder, right? Yeah. It is mind blowing. It is absolutely stunning the likeliness the like like likeness likeness that's the word listen i'm not i'm no education in and i know english educator the likeness in those pieces and how they've come to life but they're still recognizable as a painting that to me is very difficult because there's people out there who can paint and it looks super real or there's abstract i believe there's a fine line in the middle where you can paint and still have it recognized as a painting and still have a likely likeness come out of it and it be beautiful. So what you're producing and what you're putting out there, which is a Brian Fox piece, is something that's it's, it's stunning. Oh, it's it's beautiful, man. I, I mean, I really listen. Appreciate it. I do appreciate it because you see a lot of artwork. You deal with a lot of artists. You see, so it means a lot. Thank you. Well, I, listen. I, I and when you have in the I think it was three weeks ago when Tom Brady on his Instagram is posting an image that you painted. That that show, I mean, that's stunning. You've ridden a tank with Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> that was a fun day. You know, I mean, it's it's impressive that these things are out there. But I think the best thing about this is it's all about looking at what you offer, how you sell that to people, how you sell your art out to people, and and go with that lane. There's a lot of art. Dude, there's so many. When I got into collecting art, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whenever it was, you know, it was so overwhelming because there's so many artists out there. You yeah. didn't know what to look at. It is, it's, yeah. it's intimidating. And then it took me a while to determine like what I wanted to collect and how I wanted to collect it. And as I get older, I appreciate things more differently. I appreciate more artists differently. And it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy, but yeah, man, I mean, it, when I look at the pieces you've created, it's just, it's mind blowing. Now let's talk about, the piece that got me into knowing who you are, right? Because so 2016, yep. this image starts going around of this Eddie Vedder print of him looking like Kevin Euclid, which if you're not familiar who Kevin Euclid, Kevin Euclid played for the Boston Red Sox for many years, was beloved in Boston. Um, 
They didn't think to resign him. He ended up going off and playing for other teams. But Kevin Euclid had this unique batting stance where he would hold his bat at an extreme 90-degree angle almost, going straight. I mean, it was wild. And he, and he hit like – I mean, it was amazing what he was able to do. Yep. Um, also married Tom Brady's sister, which is mind-blowing in its own sense. Yep, truly, yep. Uh, but you created this piece. Let's discuss how that all started. What made you decide to make this piece? Uh, I got an email. Well, my assistant gave me an email. I said, hey, uh, Kevin Euclid just emailed you. He wanted to talk to you about uh, doing something for Eddie Vedder. Um, can you give him a call? So I said, yeah, I'll shoot him a call. And, and we talked and he said, um, and again, it goes, he said, he basically said, you know, you've done a lot of work for Tom and Tom, uh, Tom Brady and Giselle and, and, and the family. And uh, I've known your work for a while. And um, Eddie, I was down at, um, I think it was Mexico city. He told me show in 2015 or 16. I can't remember the year. And he said, Eddie pulled me up on stage after he was holding his ukulele saying, you which everybody you know around here, that's what we, we, we lovingly call you. Every oh, yeah. There was bumper stickers of that, right? Yep. So, um, so Eddie, of course, I played off of the ukulele, uke, you know, and pulled and being a baseball fan, pulled him up on stage. I didn't know they knew each other. And he said, look, I just want to do something special for him as a, as a thank you gift uh, for doing it. And um, I said, okay, uh, that sounds like a cool gig. And, or, you know, and he just kind of just, left it at that and let me come up with different ideas. And this was just one of the ideas I came up with. And at first I was like, Hey, what if I do something of Neil Young? Cause I know Eddie's a big Neil Young fan. No, I don't know. I want to do something a little more special. So that's kind of how it came about. Um, and that, that's, that's the short version of it. Um, but at the time, so I just wanted to combine Eucalyst uh, being a sports fan and a, and a Pearl Jam fan. I was like, all right, well, let me merge the two together. How can I merge these two together to kind of, even mimic the the uh, that special moment that Kevin uh, really wanted to thank him for. Now, when you did the print originally, it was just going to be a one print type deal, correct? Like it was going to be, it wasn't going to be like this mass put out thing. It was just going to be this one off thing. Is that right? Yep. How did it get to be what it is today? Like it's a very very sought after print. Well, it's funny because I just had put it up and I was like, and I, and I made a print or two of it because I was screwing around to see how big I would want to send it. And then um, I said, well, maybe I'll make 10 of them or something. And, and, and I was going to send it, um, Kevin one. And, and I just had it up in a shop, a, a frame shop, a, a gallery, uh, not even a gallery, but like a print shop that I use. And we had it on the wall. And I didn't think anybody even cared about it. It was, um, and I hand embellished them all. So like they were, First of all, there was only one, really. And then I go into the print shop, and they said, uh, there's some Pro Jam fans came in here and saw this print, and they want to buy a couple. I said, oh, all right. I think, I said, well, let's make 10 of them or something. And what I did was I hand embellished every single one of them. I went back in and drew on each one. So technically, they're all originals, uh, wow. or a version of an original. If you hand, sure. And it's not just like a mark or two here. It's like I would spend time with pencil and go back into it. Then I would take a white Conti crayon and put all the highlights in it. And then... Yeah. So, and I said I was going to make 10. I think I really made less. I think there was maybe six of them or something. It says one to 10 of them, but it's like, I think it's really six. But because um, I, I lost track, I'm like, I don't know. I didn't pay attention. And it, it slowly took on um, behind the scenes kind of people started getting a hold of it because 
I didn't know anything about it. And it was more for Kevin to give to Eddie. And then a couple people um, had reached out. Oh, I know um, Eddie's manager. I want to get one for him. I'll go, okay, you know, I'll make one for him. And then, um, uh, you know, such and such wants one. And then Kevin Euclid said, hey, can we use one for, for uh, like one of my charities? Yep, sure. So it became me giving them away. Uh, it wasn't yeah. selling them. It was more giving them away. I sold a few of them to pay for what? The printing was and then i would you know and but then i would just use it to like i kind of it's a bad business model but i would give them away and it was probably and they were big they were probably 28 or 30 inches tall by 45 inches wide it was a good size piece and like i said it was sitting in my studio for the longest time just i didn't think anything of it yeah no i mean well first of all i know you've donated a lot of these to many good causes that have raised money for ebrp i also know that um like cause the wave um jen yep. bell who does just yeah great jen person. is uh, this amazing person that does a lot of stuff for uh this cause the wave program that follows eb she's been doing it for many years she's a hard worker at it um and i when i told her i was interviewing her she was telling me like oh i, I messaged him he sent this print um and we really appreciate that um it, it, you know it, it you don't have to do those things and it's meaningful and it, and it's, and it's grateful. And, um, I know she posted a little while ago on here, um, that she was grateful for you donating it, uh, oh, for the auction. You. So, um, you, I don't know if you can see that on your screen, all these updates oh, on this program. I can't see anything. I can't see anything. Put my glasses on. Put your glass. Blind as a bat. There you go. There you go. There you go. See, we got people. Oh, thank you. She's great. And, and, and when you say you don't have to do these things and to me, and again, it's a bad business model and I get crap for it a lot of times, but I think I, you got to give, you got to give back. You got to help out because oh, you know what I mean? Life is short. You got to help. So when people ask, I mean, there's a line out the door with, of, to give now. I mean, there's a, people have, but, but you, you got to do yeah. it. I think you have to, as much as you can. Uh, that's why I do a lot with charities or if, um, so like even some of the other ones I did later with, the, I, I kind of extended like artist proofs of these things and uh, they would have give away. They would have raised money. They were more to, and then I would just make them, totally different like i would draw extensively on them like i think i made five of them with the stick man on them the stick man tattoo so really I, I, oh yeah so it became with it it was like this because i wanted to make them different and i didn't want to take away from the people who either got them through a charity or an auction i wanted to make them different but it, it took me a lot longer because i'm um, spending time drawing on these things but it was this cooler in addition within an addition you know what i mean so if you got a stick man it was even there was more time spent on those and stuff like sure. that. So it was I just tried to make them special. That's all. Yeah. No, listen, and that is what gets us community. I'm trying to blow these comments right now. The comments are all frozen, so give me a minute on that. Yeah, um, sure. lot, we're getting hit all over with a lot of people thanking you and I would love to share this and I'm hoping this Oh fixes whatever whatever up. you need to yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. Um but yeah, no, listen. When it comes to the Pearl Jam community, the one thing that we love is when we can have the support of people to support us to be able to raise money because 99 percent of the time when people when people are because i can't speak for everybody but when when people are donating things right now listen i can say with 100 percent certainty when you're donating to the wishers foundation in general all those things are going out to go out to the right causes and all the places and i know that you've donated to other great causes that have gone out to the right places um, but it's amazing to have that support from artists to be able to do things especially when they're remarking it making it unique and special because, you know, as fans of Pearl Jam, there's a lot of people in this community that want to make a difference. And it's awesome to have people like you that that support that and push that going forward. It's it, I really I'm, you know, grateful that you're that you were able to support and do that. 
Oh, thank um, you. Listen, it means a lot to that. It, it's appreciated. But when you see, when people approach you or approach me, and a lot of times you have to go through my manager now or my assistant or something because it's just so many folks. But when you start to see how many people need help with whatever it is. So we'll, we'll take something like the EB Foundation. Um, and then you see what these kids are dealing with. How do you not help somebody? How, like, I would, like Eli. So uh, come say hi to Eli. I don't know if you know who Eli is. And he, he has EB, but he started this. T, he has a t-shirt says, come say hi. And it's yep. got the butterfly, the EB. But he, and he's got this. And, and, and I started following him. I, I don't know if his mom does the, um, the Instagram or his sister does it. But it, it, great family. This kid, I mean, look what he's dealing with. How can you not take the time to help somebody like that? So I, I try to help a lot. And, and, and you want your life to count. At the end of your life, you want to go, I, you can't hoard it. You got to give it away. And like I said, it's, it's not always a great business model, but I yeah. sleep better at night when, I, when, when you help somebody. You got to help somebody. No, I, dude, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's, it's always great to give back. Um, no, I mean, that's... And I'm not a doctor. Like... Uh, no, like, yeah. I, I'm an artist, so I, I feel right. very limited to what I can do. Like you had uh, uh, John Evans on at some point. I mean, uh, that guy's—he's a doctor. Like, look what he, that guy does. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing. He, that's life and death stuff you're dealing with. Me, I'm, I play with paint for a living. So, you you try to go. What the hell can I do in this world? So, a doctor, a, 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 a fireman, an EMT, a cop, a policeman, a soldier. You're going. Okay, you can pretty much look black and white. Those guys are helping people. You know what I mean? Me, I'm like, I play with paint. You know what I mean? Well, and, uh, you know, so it's, well, you look for ways. Well, let me well, put it this way. In this time of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't really speak about this often, but like about me personally. But for me personally, like there have been times in these last three months where depression has hit you, right? Because you're home, you're working and, you know, and, you know, you're with your family all the time and it's great, but there's like, you need that release. And for me, it's always been music and sports because, before my family, that was the most consistent thing in my life. And without it, it's been hard. I have this newer way and talking to people and stuff that I can look at. In my studio right now, I have 30 prints framed up, right? In oh. just this space. Throughout my fucking house, it will kill, my wife wants to kill me. I have <laughs> hundreds of things framed up. But what I love about it is I can look at a print. I can look at something that was painted. I can look at a photo. I can look at these things. And what I love about things is I can look at it and it can bring me back to a memory. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of refreshes things. And it, make, it brings you back to life. It brings you back to something. For instance, when I was looking over your arc the other night and I was getting ready for today, I was looking at this picture of Tom Brady. And looking at this painting you did of Tom Brady brought me back to the night I decided to, when we and my wife were going to name our child. Originally, we wanted to call him Jacoby Williams Krizowitz after Jacoby Ellsbury, which I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. so grateful we changed. <laughs> um, but we were watching the Patriots play the Jets. It was a Thursday night game in 2009, and we were watching it. and We and Tom Brady came out, and they had and he was and they had this beautiful shot of him. And my wife's like, "Why do we just name him Brady?" And it was like this guy. And but like looking at that picture. Brought back a memory I hadn't thought about in 10 years, probably. But very personal oh, memory. Very personal memory because it's you're looking at these paintings, you, it, it associates to something else, and it relieves that stress and stuff in your life. So while you might not think that you're a soldier or, or all these other things that you've listed, 
you're still doing things for people because everyone finds a different way of relieving stress or relieving um, depression or whatever it is by finding other ways of having that release. For me recently, it's been listening to music and looking at art and pictures to get me back to memories of times of not having to worry about the COVID or worry about getting, having a mask on or worrying about social distancing. It was reminding me of being in a pit with 4,000 of my, of my greatest friends screaming at the top of the lungs on a song of a band that we all admire. And that's what it's all about. Hell, listen. The reason I started doing an evening with, in all retrospect to everything, was I saw that people were home more. I saw that artists were home more. I saw musicians things. I wanted to be able to provide something out there for people to tune into, to learn about things, to get their mind off something. It keeps me sane, you know, when I hope it, hopefully it keeps other people sane. So don't doubt yourself or limit yourself because you're not a cop or a firefighter. You're still doing something for people, whether it's donating or just putting an image out there that people can look at to just, even if it gives them five minutes of relief, that's all that it's worth. That's, I mean, that's what it's worth. Well, I appreciate it very much. It's, it's, it, you know, you, most artists, and I, you know, we work in a vacuum, so we're, we're solitary anyway. Um, so you guys are kind of getting a glimpse of in this yeah. COVID of what we deal with all the time, but, um, but now it's a forced you know, cocoon you're in. So you kind of get your own mindset. You're stewing your own juices a little bit and can get a little frustrated at times or, yeah. you know, again, I've thrown things out the window. I've burned them. I've, it just, you just get so frustrated. So to, to hear that someone appreciates it on the level you, you do uh, that, that that's helpful a lot. I, you know, I appreciate it. Listen, it's, it's interesting in these times now, right. That we can look back at these last three months and appreciate people that we never thought about appreciating before. I mean, how many times did you go in a grocery store and check out and never think anything of the person cashing you out or put a bagging thing up? I, I mean, me personally, I can yeah. say, well, sir, I could have cared less. Now, I want to make sure I thank those people. How many times did you, you know, a crossing guard that you, you know, on a busy intersection, you just, oh, God, they're causing traffic. Now, that person that's, that's, that's focusing that or the firefighters and all of these people that are out there that are dedicating the time in this crazy time. It makes you appreciate things a lot more because even though those people have been high profile for a long time, a lot of times people overlook them because we're just more concerned about ourselves. Selfishness definitely was something for myself for a long time, but now these last three months, you kind of reobserve and kind of redirect how you look at things. And yeah, I mean, I try to look at things and find the beauty in everything, right? Like how we can do things and it's interesting. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And 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 it's it's easy to get lost in our own routines, and it's easy to get self-absorbed. And, um, and 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 I think that's one of the reasons I like to do the charity so much because yeah. you're forced to look at somebody else's situation or 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 some somebody else's uh, problems that they're dealing with, and you you start to realize that there are other people out there uh, that are dealing with heavier things than than we are, and. Um, it, it just gets you out of your own, you know, cocoon of like, oh, it's just all about me. It's my problems. Yeah. It's my, you know, and it's, that's human nature. It's, it, you just got to fight that human nature. But, um, you know, even with uh, Kurt Schilling is the first one I really started doing work with in 04, you know, in the baseball, I didn't have any money um, and I was trying to make things happen. And I called up his, the ALS, the Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Uh, that's what he, that's what he championed. And, uh, because I'm a baseball fan and Boston fan, he brought that to my attention because he did a public service announcement about it. 
and I said, hey, uh, I don't have any money, but I can do a painting maybe. And if you sign it, um, we, I'll donate it all back to your charity and, and you know, some, maybe something. Well, of course, they win in 04 and it's mad, madness around here. And uh, that's kind of how that started. But the point is, I got invited to this event. And, you know, you come home and, and, and your friends go, oh, did you did you make anything from that? I'm like, well, no. Like, well, you're not making any money. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But these people are in a wheelchair and they're blowing in a tube. And they can't move. And they get around by blowing in a tube. Yeah. I didn't make any money. I'm good. I walked out of there. So you yeah. kind of perspective is, is, is very sharp when, when you get to see those sort of things. So, again, I go back to people. Oh, it's the bad business model. It, it is a bad business model, but it, it does keep. It's very easy to um, to see the bigger picture. And then the next year, when I went back, most of those people weren't there. They they had passed away. So it's you you know what I mean. So it, no, I I, yeah. I listen. I I, yeah. I, to, I I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, it's tough. You know, we live in. You know, it I, it's crazy how much recently that I've, I've looked at things a lot differently, but it's tough when you look at people that are suffering and it's just, and you know, it's, it's crazy to think that someone said it was a bad business model because for them it might be, but everyone has a different path and a different way to get there. Some people have that straight path right to where they need to go. Some people need to climb that mountain to get where they need to be. Someone needs to, you know, swim the river to get wherever it is, but we all get there just in different ways. So, Maybe it was a bit bad business decision for him, but the business decision for you seemed to work out. I mean, yeah, well, it took it, it did. It was it was probably ten years before I really started to be able to um, make uh, a decent enough living where my wife could come back, leave her job, maybe even longer, um, and then you know shoulder you know paying you know putting put you know the the sole income of my family. But um, I always tried to kind of. You know, look at the ability that I have as a God-given gift. We all have talents. It's, it's a God. It's a. It, I was. I was. It, this is a rented talent. The way I look at it. And so when I die, it'll go to somebody else. And I didn't choose it when I, before I was born. I was given this. So I don't want to hoard it. And and then um, it, I wasn't given the gift to keep to myself. So you kind of you have to make. You have to pay your bills. And you have to make a living. But at the same time, you have to. It goes back to giving. Even Picasso had a great quote, and the quote is: um, "The meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away." Wow! It's, you know, so you kind of go. You find ways to give it away. You find ways to help people. You find ways to do different things. And 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 I think that's led me down the road of constantly working with charities like Major League Baseball, working with those guys, or Steven Tyler, or the Jackie Robinson uh, Foundation and Museum, the uh, the NHL, and Many, many charities, even Kevin Euclid and his charity, Matt Light is another phenomenal, the yeah. Light Foundation is, is fantastic, the NASCAR. So I've done a lot of different things. And when you do that, you start to open, doors open up one, because you, your eyes realize how many people are help, um, helping other people. Yeah. Like, like the celebrities, they're helping a lot of people. And two, um, you just, you know, you, you just start to realize that life is bigger than yourself. And, uh, but anyway, I'm digressing on it. But no, that's, that's, no, listen, listen. Kind of the-, the one thing I always love about 
chit-chatting with people. That's why it was funny. I mean, I, I, you're not the only person always, they always mess with me of like, is, you know, do we have topics to talk about? I said, no, we're just going to throw, we're going to throw <laughs> shit at the wall and see what sticks. Because I mean, you, you listen, it's in these times, it's good to recognize that because the story you're telling might be, there, there might be someone out there right now that is giving and they might be doing and they're not seeing anything yet, but there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. I truly believe that. Everyone's going to hit bottom, but everyone can find their way up from it, right? I mean, and you got to believe that because that's the only way it is. You got to believe in yourself. So, you know, it's amazing that you were able to do so many great things, use your ability to do donate to be able to raise money for people in need that couldn't have done things without your artwork making that money to do something. So in your, if you look at that way of that road of how it got there, your God-given ability to the painting, to the ability to sell it, to the money it went to say, help somebody. So there's someone right now at home or there, and th- and that is that is doing something or has something that they might have never been able to have or do because of your ability. I appreciate it. It's it's encouraging because it gets, it gets a little discouraging at times like everybody deals with, but I appreciate that very much. But now I need to ask you... Because we're, we forget any more sappy. I'm gonna have to get the box of tissues. Yeah. You know, this is this is we're getting we're getting there. You know. <laughs> but let's. I gotta ask. What what was it like? The first time that you were reached out by someone you looked up to, because I do know that we both follow the same sports teams mm-hmm. and we both, we both come there. If you're not never been to Boston before, you don't follow Boston sports. When you are in Boston, there's two ways to every major athlete in Boston. We either love you or we hate you. There's no in between. And it's like Bronson Royo said a couple weeks ago, you yeah. could be winning a game and love the next day, or you could have blown it out your ass and then you're hated. And that's just kind of how it is. Oh yeah. The mob rules. Oh yeah. It's 100% <laughs> ain't the truth. What was it like when you had those people turn around, someone you admire or look up to when it was the first time they reached out to you and say, hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z? Yeah, that's surreal is probably the best word. Uh, and I think I still to this day have kind of still still bizarre to me that, that these guys will call or text me and go, hey, uh, come on out and do this or come on out and do that or come to the show and come hang out or I need this for the fundraiser or charity. Can you, are you willing? And I'm just, part of me is just going, I'm just this, I used to trade my drawings for food. I lived out of a shed for a while. So you kind of go, and I used to, I remember going to the restaurants and trading with the, with the, with the bartenders. Hey, can I have a pizza? I'll give you a drawing. Wow. <laughs> so and, 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 and part of it is you, the people I'm talking about, like, are still close friends of mine who I grew up with and who I'm around, my wife and my family and my, my friends who are, who are tight. And I just kind of go, hey, uh, I guess who called me today? I'm, to me, I'm still like that kid. Like, I still pinch myself going, I, I can't believe I'm not. I can't believe people call me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they want this stuff or they, they like it or they, you know, whatever. But it's it's very surreal. It's probably the... The best way to answer your uh, question, it's it's surreal. Now, let's circle back a little bit. Yep. Because over your, let's see if I get this right, your left shoulder. My left shoulder, you're right. Yeah. What are we looking at? 
we're looking at that Eddie picture. Oh, yeah. Now, I know that's not the one, but you have a story mm-hmm. of this. You drew a picture of Eddie and something happened. You know what I'm talking about? The one I blowtorched? Yes, I need to hear. I, 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 this blows my mind. Let, let's talk about that. So you drew, you paint, was it a drawing or was it a painting? It was a painting. It was probably bigger than that one. It was, um, what happened was, it was right around the same time Kevin Euclid was called to look for a gift for Eddie. And I yeah. said, well, I'm working on one, but I, well, being a fan, I paint what I want to paint. So yeah, yeah. I just paint it for myself. I just want a big Pearl Jam fan. I want to paint it. I, I started painting this and um, trying to paint something from the 90s, the early 90s. As soon as they came on the scene, it was... Uh, like millions of other people, they meant a lot to me. So uh, part of the reason why I never was looking to try to even work with them or meet them, because I'm like, oh, I don't want to ruin, you know, if I, I wouldn't want it to, if, if I catch them on a bad day, it would ruin it. Anyway, so I paint this painting. I want to do this painting, and, and I'm working on this. It's probably about six feet. I, long story short, probably about a year I'm working on this thing, on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off, and it's not coming out right. The face keeps changing, and... He is one hard dude to get right. You change one little thing, it doesn't look anything like him. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened. And the more I paint it, the worse it's getting and the more frustrated I'm getting. And then Kevin called and he says, hey, I'm going to uh, give Eddie this gift. I said, well, I'm working on something, but it's not quite coming out right. Well, I'll, I'll buy it from you. Don't. I'll buy that one. I'm going. Send me a picture of it. I said, well, I don't know. I'm not happy with it. So I said, I think I'm going to burn it. No, don't burn it. You know, let me. Let me buy it. Send me a picture. So all I did was I sent him a picture of it going up in flames, and I still remember his text <laughs> back to me. He goes, "You bastard!" And he and he just ha ha ha. And it was funny, but but it felt so good to burn the friggin' thing, and I just blowtorched it, and um, <sighs> it was cathartic. I think that's the word uh, because it just needed to go. It was terrible. It was a shitty painting, and you know somebody's like, "Well, I would have bought it." Well, yeah, but then the shitty painting would be out there. So <laughs> I don't want it. And, and so a lot of them, and the, 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 so I painted this one be, after, but there's three paintings underneath that one. And one was Tim Wakefield from the Red Sox. I'm like, well, I'm painting over that. And then there was two different versions of Eddie underneath this one that I didn't like. So, so this Ed- one was close to going up in flames, but it finally, I was like, it finally got the feel I was looking for. And again, it, I painted it for me. I painted it because that was the, you know, 92, you know, it was, it was a big year for, 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 for me and, and, and listening to Pearl Jam and Temple of the Dog. It's in, in, in Nirvana and meant more. It was much just a personal piece. So that's why I painted it. That's what there's three or four paintings underneath it. Uh, very close to going up in flames, too. And now everybody jokes at me. Don't burn the painting. Oh, gee. So, so basically, Eddie's laying on top of the uh, one of the greatest knuckleballers of uh, all time. Is that what you're telling yeah. me? <laughs> and, and, t- and that guy and Tim Wakefield's such a great guy too. Like, he really is great, great ball player, but just a great person too. Uh, and so underrated. So let's let if let so that piece that's behind you. Have you so it's it's, it's a personal piece to you, right? Um, I and I know that one of them had gone out for auction too, right? Like you had made a copy of it or I something. I think like I that? made it again. Somebody asked me for a charity. I said, okay, I'll, 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 how about this? Because I think it was Pearl Jam related. So when somebody comes to me and wants yeah. something, uh, let's say for a charity, and in this particular, I can't remember what it was for, and I said, well, I have some, the only Pearl Jam things I have are, you know, this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your audience. I mean, they're not going to want Keith Richards or 
Steven Tyler or Tom Brady. So sure. it's, they may like the painting and it may, oh, that's great. Looks just like them. It's not going to raise the money. Yeah. So I said, well, look, I'll make you a, a, a canvas copy of, uh, of it and I'll, um, I'll hand embellish it. Okay. So, or something I can't, and I can't remember a lot of things too. It's such a blur, but I, I think it was a charity related thing that I donated. Now, Brian, it's not out there. You can't buy it really. So, so, you can't. so that's it. So that's it. The only way we're going to be able to see it is over your shoulder you right now. You can't, you can't really buy. I'd give you one, but it, it's, it's one of those things. I don't, they're not really for sale. It's just, ah. thing. Yeah. It's all right. listen, I'll tell you right now, you got about, I don't know, 8,000 people right now that might turn around and, uh, you know, buy this i mean just based off the views we had on this now recently you put out um the unplug series yeah um and you did those which they're separate pieces and they're of the individual artists um from a moment of unplugged um and that was interesting because i think that's the first art piece that i have seen for that which is surprising because unplugged for pearl jam was it was so iconic, iconic. yep that's really why i wanted iconic. to do it Yep, that's why I wanted to do it. And it was, again, 92. It was, I remember that, seeing that show. And I started showing my friends, like I'll text some of my friends. And this guy I met, his name's Paul. Uh, and he, he worked for uh, like 2K Sports. And, and um, I texted him and I said, hey, this is what I'm working on. And, and I met him through Major League Baseball. That's how I met this guy. And um, he's like, I had tickets to that show. I'm like, you had tickets to the Unplugged show? He's like, yeah. He says, and I gave him away. And he goes, the girl I gave him away to, she's still a friend. And every time I, every time she sees me, she still thanks me after all these years. Could you, could you, <laughs> you imagine ima giving those tickets? No. Yeah, crazy. Could you imagine that? No. And he's such a great guy. And oh. just, I, could, I could definitely see this guy giving tickets away because that's the guy's heart, right? Oh. But at the same time, it, the show means so much. I'm like, I got to do some drawings that yeah. capture that moment in time that I can put, that I would want around my house or in my studio, just kind of go, oh man, I just love this band and love what it, they, yeah. you know, their music represents, like like millions of us, right? So uh, I, I was just trying to, that's all it was. And it was just drawings of them. It wasn't any poster related stuff. I don't even, it doesn't have their names on it. I mean, clearly no, no. any Pearl Jam fan is going to go, Pearl Jam, uh, unplugged. Sure. No, I'm, I, I will tell you this. Me personally, what I would love to see is especially with like the canvas behind you. Mm -hmm. And I, listen, I also want to apologize. I, I know we're getting comments like crazy and it's hitting us really hard and I can't share them right now. Um, so you'll have to visit later on and go through the comments you and know, see things. Just, and show I, me how, just show me how to visit and do it. I'll, I'll, I'll go back. To yeah, I'll show you later because there's a lot of people commenting from across the board and I'm really sorry. This The update today is frozen thing, and I'm sorry about that. Um, but because I, I just want to put out that we're not, I'm not ignoring anybody. There's just clearly <laughs> something frozen because I'm trying to click and it's not doing anything. Um, is, there that you, is there something that I, you want to, uh, that I need to, that you want to ask me that somebody asked if that's the I, case? I, uh, no, it's really not okay. that I can, it's, it's, it's just frozen. So, but I can still see you. So that's kind of the big thing. Um, when I'd like to see, so, yeah. I'm a little biased when it comes to the members of Pearl Jam. Um, and I'm a big Mike McCready fan. I still think he's probably one of the greatest guitarist players that I've seen live. I love him. I'd love to see a, a Mike McCready print. I want to see a long Mike McCready print because he deserves it. it what, well, what? Did I did I did I did I send you the sketch I was working on? No. I, uh, I started one of him and his head is back and he's playing. 
and it's re it's recent it's 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 of him now not back in the 90s yeah. um and i had this idea to do of him just him playing his guitar in the moment head back jamming away and um uh, i'm gonna show you that i'll private message you that oh. I'm, 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 I'm working on that too and and what i want to do ultimately what i would like to do with something like that is um you know use that to maybe raise money for like the crohn's and colitis foundation and stuff like that because one my grandmother has dealt with that for years uh, my friend matt light has dealt with that um and then uh, another friend of mine uh, uh, uh steven marcus he's he's dealt with, as i met him at an event and he had kind of got me some tickets to the Pearl Jam Fenway show. And I said, look, I said, uh, as a thank you, like, I know you do a lot for the, the Crohn's uh, Foundation. And uh, I want to donate a Gronk signed print wow. that Ro I had Rob signed for them. And so uh, it's just a thank you to do that. But it, I, it, I want to do something where it, it maybe brings out an awareness or raises money for something. So I will show it to you because I, I definitely want your input. Oh, no, I, I, listen, I, I'll tell you right now. First of all, I would highly recommend. So I, with the Crohn's and Colitis thing, there is, um, I'll have to get you in touch with, um, her name is Laura Traft, and she uh, does a lot with Team McCready, and there's some great people at Wishless Foundation that do some stuff. Um, and I know that they have some future things planned. Um, I think that you guys colliding together a little bit, especially if you want to do something with Crohn's, that I'm not trying, I can't say for certain, because I'm not yeah. even that person, but Laura's a great person to speak to about that. Um, and that would be amazing. I listen. I have a space. I well, I don't really have the space. I'd have to move some, but I have space in my studio for. Uh, I will definitely buy a Mike McCready print for sure. Well, um, and you know, and, and I met at the Fenway show. This great guy, uh, Chris Chris Adams, and Chris. Yes, I guess he deals with that. And I saw his TED talk, and I didn't know his full story. I like again. My friend Stephen had introduced me. He says, "Oh, look, Chris was 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 uh, instrumental in getting these tickets for us." and um, and I met him briefly at the show and stayed in touch with him after, but what a great guy he is. And he deals with that. And I saw his Ted talk and he's just going, shit, is there a way I can help out? Like, so yeah, Chris is, Chris is amazing. Yeah. He get, oh, you know, him. yeah, I got to, uh, I've, I've met him. Yes. All right. So here's a guy who doesn't know me and I get a ticket. Like, so yeah, and I got it through a friend, but still he's helped. He gave me a ticket. Didn't know me. Sure. Uh, so I just, you, you want to give back and you want to go, Hey, thank you for doing what, you know, exactly. Yeah. So if I could do something that you create something new and, and, and that somebody wants or somebody, it can it can create a pipeline of money for a good cause. Everybody wins. Yeah, well, 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 that will be something we do. I'll I'll get you in touch with the right people. I think that would be, uh, be a great cause. Um, like I said, Laura's been doing stuff. Laura's been doing stuff with Wishlist and Team McCready for many, many years. I think that would be a good connection for you both. Um, hey, I got a quick question. There's another. Wait, you got a question? As I, I, as I got into the question. poster. Uh, G, G, uh, uh, gig posters. Some uh -huh. of the guys, his name's Jeff Welch and, and Dale, yep. and, and these guys, they were they would tell me, oh, there's this one poster or there's a couple of posters by this artist named Kevin Shoes. Yep. Okay. So, and I'm like, well, they're like, well, because these guys are like a walking encyclopedia. They're like, you got to oh, look up this oh, artist. 100% agree with you on that. Yep. Right. And, and I don't know nothing about this world. It's like this, this undercover world that I find out about that's amazing. And they're like, look up this artist, look up that artist, check this guy out. We collect him. And this guy, Kevin Shoes, we haven't, he's tough to get, but he works with the band. And what he does is he, and they told me all about this guy. So I said, I'm going to the Fenway show. Maybe he's on Instagram or something. And I don't know him. I didn't know him. And I stopped looking him up and he's on there, but he's very, you know, he just posts different things and his artwork's on there. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'd like to, any artist, I want to meet any artist. 
Yeah. So I'm like, well, maybe he'll come by the studio uh, if he's in town, if they're in town for any length of time. I'd love to, any artist. I, I just want to meet anybody. So I see a one picture of this guy, Kevin, on his Instagram. One. So I'm like, okay. I reach out to him say, he's, hey, you want to come by the studio if you're in town? I know you don't know me, but uh, we're kind of busy. I don't know if I'll be able to do it. No problem. I go to the show, long story short, I go, I come back. I had to be after midnight. I'm walking down an alley after the Pearl Jam show in Fenway in Boston, going looking for my car. I'm by myself, midnight, I'm walking, and I'm telling you, back alley. Yeah. There's two guys sitting down on a bench, just talking. And I walk by and I walk past them and I go, I think that's that guy I saw on his, I think that's Kevin Shoes. So I go back and I go, hey, I don't mean to interrupt you guys. I apologize. I said, but is your name Kevin Shoes? He's like, yeah. Uh, and I'm going, and I tell him, I introduce myself, who, he, who I am. And I take, I say, dude, I can't believe I just met you. And I, I'm, 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 you know, fanboy, like, because I met this guy. <laughs> it made my night meeting that guy talking to me. What a gentle guy. Great, great guy. But, and since they just kind of stay a little in touch with the guy. But here's this artist I was hoping to meet. And you just ran into him. I ran into him in an alley in Boston at midnight out of the blue, which was just such a, uh, that was kind of one of the coolest stories of the night. <laughs> it, it, I'll tell you something. I've been to a lot of places in America. I run into more people in Boston than anywhere in the world. <laughs> I swear to you. The last, uh, not in 2016, I was uh, in between the uh, Fenway shows. I ran a race uh, in Braintree, and I, I ended up getting on a train with Matt Damon. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, you know, I was like, <laughs> and then I, 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 I yeah. Kevin Euclid, I ran into in 2016, 2018. I, you know, it, it's just it's interesting. It's a very interesting. I love it's Boston. Boston is the town. best. Yeah, it's and a great it's, place. Yeah, and I'll tell you something. I was very nervous about Pearl Jam playing at Fenway, but the sound was excellent. I thought it was so well done. And listen, it was so emotional to be like in center field mm. with the green monster to your left. Pearl Jim's right, right in front of your face. You got Fenway behind you. Cause you know, you, you, and we've talked about this, but one story, you know, for me personally, I said music and sports have always been like the two connected. Right. And it's, it was just wild to see those come together. Boston just a, is, is the best city to see everything. It's a great, it is a great town. And that, I think that's part of being in this location has, I think set me up for the success or the, um, all these crazy things because if you think about it if i was in la too spread out if mm. i was out in, in some other town like cleveland or something it's like well, nobody gives a crap about the browns in a sense so it's kind of like we have these winning teams so the winning teams cross paths with the music guy steven tyler yeah uh, the the actors a, a, a guy by the name of kevin chapman also he was instrumental in introducing me but he's a big sports fan that's how i met him and then Mark Wahlberg and the Wahlberg brothers, they're all sports fans. So I met those guys and then they would be at the park. They would be at Gronk's house or something like that. So I'm over there. So because these worlds are in Boston, it's such a small city. Uh, the paths cross a lot. And I was yeah. able to kind of get introduced organically uh, because of Boston and, and what you just described. It's um it's weird. You know, like, I, you know, one of my favorite places in Boston, I don't know if you've been there. You ever been to the Beantown Pub where you can drink a Sam Adams across from Sam Adams' grave? No. Uh, <laughs> I know what we're doing next time I come up there. But it's like, it's, I mean, listen, how many places in the world can you literally drink a Sam Adams beer within five feet of Sam Adams' grave? I mean, it's, it's, it's Boston's wow. a unique city. 
geek is a good word. That is that's that's right. That's right. Oh God. Now yeah. rolling all this around. We've been all over the place. I, but I love things like this. And I, I know it drives some people crazy because like I can't keep up. Sorry if I'm boring anybody like I, I No, no, listen, if you keep gadgets. you're keeping me entertained, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> um and I just I just got a text message. I've gotten seven text messages of people who want me to read who say some things from you. Uh, okay. one of them was from Laura. She said she'd love to do some work with you. We'll I'll send you her information. I'll get you guys connected afterwards. Okay. Um with Wishless Team McCready, she's worked with Mike and Chris and Flight to Mars and stuff like that. Okay. Um so that's the other one. I had a question on here from somebody. She wants to be anonymous. She wants to know when you're working on a Tom Brady piece or any art piece, do you have input from the athlete on what it's supposed to be or they give you free range? Um, most of the time I do what I, they let me do. They trust me to do what I want. Uh, I get some input. I try to get a little bit of input. It depends if there's something specific. Let's say they want it as a gift for somebody and it, they may have a little bit of input. But for the most part, everybody gives me free reign. Um, with Steven Tyler, uh, we, we were talking one time about a project to do for his charity, Janie's Fund. And he and I were talking, uh, it was funny, at, at a Patriots game. And we were, we were talking about the idea of what he wanted to have done. So he gave me a quick, Oh, how about if I, you have me doing something like this? And, but pretty much, and I showed him, I would text him, um, what I was doing. I would keep him posted on it, but he, he was great too. He just kind of let me have free reign, but he gave me a little bit of input. But again, you're talking, sometimes these guys are super creative in and of themselves. So you want yeah. to hear what they have to say. Now with the Steven Tyler is Steven Tyler exactly like he is on TV. Like, is he that wild? Yep. He's great. Well, Go ahead. Finish what you're going to say. Because like I've, I I picture like Steven Tyler, like just like the guy that drinks a cup of coffee and is like wired 24-7. Like I don't ever see this guy sleep. No. Well, I don't know about him. He's got great energy. And I don't think it's just wild all the time. He's a very he, – I love the guy. He's awesome. He's a, he, he would treat you like your long-lost cousin. You know wow. what I mean? He would, yeah, great guy, good heart. You see him do great things for people and, and, and um, he takes his time. Like he's very approachable for the guy at that level of – He's iconic if you think about it. Rock sure, and roll, sure, of course he is. Royalty, yeah. and he's taken. He's very accessible to his fans. Um, he's got a good heart. He does a lot for a lot of people, um, and, and I like talking with him. He's a great, great conversation. Gives you the time of day, and I don't know. You know, I get, I'll get uh, different text messages from him, or a phone call, or I'll see him. But there was one time um, I brought him over to Gronk's house after a game, and it was you know after a game, and it was just. Um, me, him, um, Rob Gronkowski, my friend Rob Goon, uh, Liv Tyler came, Taj, his son came. It was just a few big, uh, Rob's girlfriend, Camille. And, but that was it. And it was a great conversation. It was just hanging out. It wasn't like everybody was off the wall drinking too much coffee or anything. It was very laid back, great conversation. Good, you know, it, was, it was nice. It was, it was worked out really well. Now, I'm assuming you were a fan of Aerosmith before Steven Tyler, like before meeting him, correct? Oh yeah, my dad is a rock drummer. I mean, I grew up around rock bands all the time, and so and being in this area, you kind of get a, a full plate of Aerosmith being in the Boston area, which I love the band. Um, but um, yeah, you're a fan before anything. I mean, I was a kid. So if you were to go back, right, and and like think of yourself as a child, right, like listening to Aerosmith and working as an artist, 
what, how would you think, like, what would you tell yourself? Like, Hey, one day my artwork's going to be in Steven Tyler's house. Like, what does that mean to you in general? It's, it's so hard to go. It's, it's back to that surreal because I think back and I go, well, cause people always say, well, did you ever think you'd be doing this? Or, no. I said, when I first quit my job on a literal leap of faith, feel like God telling me to quit my job back in 04, I was doing, I was working in the merchandising industry, doing a lot of Grateful Dead stuff, working in the t-shirt field, okay. merchandising for bands, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, all these different bands. And I thought I was going to continue doing that when I quit, but on a freelance level, but that dried up instantly. It's something that happened between me and my, my past employer where that, you know, we didn't part ways on the best foot and everything dried up within a week. So my plan was to go and continue doing the merchandising industry. I knew it. I, I could, you know, the fact that I ended up doing what I'm doing now was not ever, ever part of the plan. It was something I, I, the first thing I ever did was give that painting away to Kurt Schilling and the ALS foundation in 04, the same year I quit. So that I'm on this path now is super surreal because you know, you, you, when someone like Steven Tyler calls you or these, you know, these other athletes call you or, or reach out to you, you know, or, or I end up at a, at a movie premiere with Mark Wahlberg. You're kind of like, how the, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> and, and, and again, it's just this, you know, it's, it's very surreal. Yeah. Um, and to think back, I go, I would have never, ever thought that I would be working with the, the people that I've loved to watch play sports, the love on TV. Or, or, or watch on stage, but it's been it's been great too because when you team up with these guys on that charity level and you put something like a piece of artwork or something small in their hands and you watch what their ability to do and turn it into something amazing, meaning they'll take that artwork and because it's their charity, it'll make a million dollars. And you, I could never do that, but if you put it in their hands, mm -hmm. it's the same thing. And like Pearl Jam, you watch those guys. One reason I like those guys is because they put their money where their mouths are and they help people all the time. And we, I'll guarantee you, we don't even see half the stuff they do, but well, I, that's, that's the one thing I've always admired about them because it take like, as I've, you know, you, you get into the community of Pearl Jam and learn things, you start learning about the things that the band does that isn't highly advertised, whether it's Jeff Ament making skate parks in Montana, yeah. where he's from to help kids out, whether it's Mike McCready doing small concerts in Seattle to raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, with Eddie Vedder, you know, raising money for uh, EB. I mean, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, Stone with his, his efforts with, um, uh, with the world and homelessness in Seattle and all these different things and how they're doing things. It's amazing what they do and they don't want credit for it. And it's amazing because a lot of people and and each person has their own agenda. Some people want the credit of what they do. And, you know, it's sometimes it's nice to have a pat on your back. But, you know, I've met many of the band members and they're very humble. It's very interesting. Like it's and like you had said in the beginning of the interview, you were you're nervous about meeting them because you don't want to meet them on an off day. But if it wasn't for me meeting Eddie on June 22nd, 2011, in New York City and him motivating me to push me to pick up a camera again, I don't know if I'd be the person I am today. Like, I don't know if I'd be even running the show. So it's just, you know, they're, they're amazing human beings. I really believe it. And if you ever have the opportunity to meet them, I would jump on it in a heartbeat because they're just absolutely as genuine as you can think. So oh, it's good to hear. 
Yeah, I, I've never talked to anybody that has had a bad experience or encounter with the band. Never, never, never. And I swear on anything, never, ever. So um, it's it's absolutely stunning. I mean, now I want to know something because one thing I ask every artist on the sh- on the show because I'm very interested in the process, the ability to come together from a blank canvas to a piece of art. When you come up with an idea, and I'm I'm, I'm mostly talking about your passion pieces, not something you're paid to do because that you're getting paid. Your the ideas in front of you, mm-hmm. your passion pieces. T- Bring me through the process of how it goes from a blank canvas to the end end result. Uh, okay. And usually I'm working on about 10 to 15 different paintings at the same time. So it's always at different stages. So but every one of them starts out as usually a sketch or a quick idea. I always have a sketchbook on me or multiple sketchbooks on me. So they start out as these little tiny scribbles or sketches. And then I put them on canvas and or redraw them on canvas and then paint them. Uh, so that's kind of the, the, the layman's way of how I approach it. But to me, the beginning is the most exciting part of it. I, I love trying to come up. It's once I start doing it, I get so frustrated with them. I see all the mistakes. I, I get all pissed off. And But it's it's that's how it starts. I, I, I just love to, to come up with different, you know, thoughts and ideas. Or It keeps me going. Now, you were saying that you, because you had mentioned you have a lot of sketchbooks. You have hundreds mm-hmm. of sketchbooks. Yep. Is a lot of the things start off as sketches and then translates to a lot of the like the canvases. I mean yep. that's. I mean they're always small to large, right? Usually that's the case. Sometimes I'll start right on a canvas. I think I did one of a Nick Cave, and I just painted right on the canvas. And sometimes I'll just charcoal it up, and you know, I had this idea to paint Nick Cave, and. And I just painted right over it, and I think I did it in a day or something like that. But it was just like I want to paint. I'm so impatient that I hate having a process that goes from sketch to canvas to painting because I'm like, oh, I'm so I just want to get it done. Um, but it just takes a while because I use oil paints. Okay. Oils take a long time to dry, and or they take longer to dry, and I have to kind of figure out um, a process. So. If a one painting is drying, I go, or two or three paintings are drying, I can work on another two or three or whatever I have. Because I have, right now, I have all these canvases and sketches all over the studio that are in different, various stages of, of finish. So I'll just pick them up. Now, you were saying you're doing, you said 10, ten prints, or I'm sorry, 10 canvases at a time. Mm-hmm. Is that just something that you can escape each print and not get burnt out on one so you can move along on them so you keep going back and reflect on them? Or is that just something that you've always done and it's just the easiest way for you to do it? I think it, it, it is definitely something that helps me get away from, let's say, burnout. But it's also some things that your deadlines are due. You have to kind of get things done. So you're constantly shuffling things around. But it also is like as I'm working on one thing, I got two or three more ideas that come up and I'm sketching and I get paper everywhere. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a chaotic mess in my head. And, and I'm like a shiny object. Oh, look at this. I'm going to work on that today. Oh, look at this. And, and again, I'm like, Oh, even my wife will come in and go, have you been working on this one that you told that person you were going to finish? <laughs> <laughs> so I have to kind of sometimes go, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And then I go off on different tangents and try to, but you know, it's, it's trying to stay organized as much as I can. That's, good for one not getting burnt out but also bad because it's like hey i haven't finished anything either <laughs> uh, i i i, I, 
<laughs> Listen, when I, you come I get to the studio. I'll show you. You're gonna go. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> this place is a mess. There's crap everywhere. There's paintings on the floor. There's paintings on the wall. They rolled up canvases all over the place. And then I come in, and sometimes I look at all the stuff that I have to do, and go, I'm not doing anything today. I'm overwhelmed by all the stuff I got to do. Mm. So I just do nothing. Well, hopefully, this pandemic will come to an end at some point. <laughs> the band will announce tour dates and hopefully fingers crossed they'll be in Boston because it's my favorite place in the world to see Pearl Jam and yeah. maybe we'll bring the show and maybe we'll do the show at the studio oh that'd be great listen even if you're in town and you don't have to do the show here just come visit for a coffee I don't normally open to the public ever um, maybe one day a year but I haven't done that in a few years uh, but call me come by we'll just have a coffee and shoot the breeze man it'd be great to have you in the studio Oh, that'd be awesome. No, I, that, would, that would be wild. But yeah, no, I, I think it's it's great. Now, I did want to circle back to one thing. Yep. You did say that Pearl Jam, you know, was very, it meant, they meant a lot to you. That's why when you did the piece, you know, especially burning up the original Eddie B. Canvas, it was because it was meaningful to you. What about the band is meaningful to you? Uh, I think it was, uh, that's, when they came out for the, I mean, even, even like, well, grunge came out it just hit a certain chord within my me you're going through certain things in life you kind of deal with certain things and when music kind of comes together with it it's like going yes that's how i feel you know so it was them and nirvana and of course temple of the dog and, yeah. and Soundgarden and, and all that stuff coming out you're just going oh my god i just just this is timed perfectly with my stage of where i was in my life so that kind of gets you, you know what I mean? And other people talk about the sixties that way and the doors and, and different bands that were coming out to them. But to me, it was Pearl Jam. And that's why they, you know, they've always had that, uh, special place. You know, U2 was another band that, that had that a little before those guys, early U2. Um, but you know, Guns N' Roses as well, but it was Pearl Jam that had the most, most effect on me. Yeah. Um, couldn't agree with you more on that one. I don't know if I would be uh, doing a show about the program community. If it was, you know? There's a dead giveaway right there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. You know, it's it was funny. I had someone message me the other day and asked what, and I think I've talked about this before. Maybe I haven't, but what the Strangest Tribe actually meant. And Strangest Tribe is actually a song off of Lost Dogs um, that they performed at Fenway Park, and it was something I was chasing for a long time, but. Uh, there's this word that goes around that they classify the community of Pearl Jam fans as jammers or jamily. I'm yep. sorry, jamily. Yep. And I, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I despise the word. It's just, I don't like, just something about the word jamily just doesn't resonate with me. And I've always looked at the people that follow Pearl Jam and, and this, and the people that I've met as like this strange tribe of people, because I have friends all over the world that I've met and this, I could not see them for six years and then I'll see them at a Pearl Jam show and we get together and it's just like, it's like we haven't not, it's like we, it wasn't that long that we've seen each other. We, we just, we just pick up right where we left off and it's this very strange tribe of people. And I've always reflected as the community of Pearl Jam fans is the strangest tribe. Um, it's a cool name. I appreciate that. I do. I like it. I, it's a great, it's a cool, cool name. And I, I think I had come across, 
maybe your Instagram. I think it was Instagram when I, I was like, this is a cool name. <laughs> and then I saw the wish list part to it. So I'm going, huh, I wonder. And of course, but the, the strangest tribe is a cool, uh, cool thing. Too. And I did a show and I think you, you guys know, I don't know if you know him, but I, the Tom in, in the UK, it's given to, uh, uh, given to live. And given to yeah, given life, yeah. Great guy, great organization, again, helping people. But like, I was like, hey, that's a cool name too. And, and the, but the strangest tribe's got this kind of, What's the word I'm looking for? This bohemian kind of feel to it. Just I don't know. It's just kind of cool. And then and and you sending me that shirt was the best. I can't wait to get that going. Ah, yeah, you better be rocking it soon. Oh, listen, I, I, I yeah, you'll see it. <laughs> and as a small plug, t-shirts are on sale right now. If you go to wishesfoundation.org, they are for sale and will be shipping out immediately. So um, just put that out there for you guys. You know how I roll. That's awesome. Uh, well, listen. I think in the uh, magical words of one of my favorite interviewers, uh, Howard Stern, I think we've said it all. <laughs> um, I'll have to tell you the story. One day I showed up at his place, but go ahead. Oh, geez, I, I, now you got me intrigued. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you that all. I'll tell you that okay, all. Okay, okay, okay. Well, listen. <laughs> I, first of all, I want to thank you for, um, first of all, once again, donating the print to... Um, cause the wave and donating all your prints to many different organizations across different platforms that have helped raise awareness uh, for EB. Um, cause the wave is a great organization. If you were watching this show for the first time and don't know about it, definitely check them out. Uh, cause the wave. Um, Hill EB is on Facebook. They follow the page there. Um, Wishless Foundation is an association. So definitely check out that online with the Wishless Foundation. Cause the wave. Um, definitely great things. And we appreciate you donating that to help uh, those causes uh, raise money uh, for, for to help EB. Um, but also, thank you so much for coming on uh, an evening with. This is right now. Um, I am going to be taking a break from the show um, for a little bit. Uh, I don't know when the next episode is going to be. Um, we're going to be just, I think it's vacation time for Anthony. It's summertime. <laughs> I have a boat project in front of work on. It's going to be th things are lining up. I'm not sure. We'll see. But Brian, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you so much. Um, once again, I'll get you hooked up with Lauren a little bit. And as I say, after every show, if you're not tuning in, you've tuned out. Thank you so much for tuning into the Strange Tribe Live. That's Brian Fox. My name's Anthony Krizowitz. And until next time, which I have no idea when that is, keep an update up and we'll post that date soon. Thank you for tuning in to The Strangest Tribe Live. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.